Got some more food for you. Welcome back to the table. Let's feast. Welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought Podcast. I'm yours truly, Mr. Paul Jahagany, and uh, I kind of want to talk to you guys about how everyone says, don't judge. Don't judge the book by the cover. I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with that term. I mean, I'm sure you're probably familiar with that phrase or whatever you want to call it. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that. You probably don't heard it throughout your life. You may even found yourself being in certain situations to where you found yourself judging someone. And um, it wasn't in your intent, but the way that society has programmed your mind, you can't help but do it even when you notice that you're not actually doing it. You're doing it. So I came to say this. A lot, the, the majority is going to tell you, don't judge. Don't judge the book by the cover. Don't judge the book by the cover. Wait till you enter. And I agree with it for the most part. I agree with it for the most part. I believe that you shouldn't just go up on someone and just judge them based on what you see, based on what like give someone a chance to 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 explain something to you and then allow them to peel you back in layers on what you may have prejudged them on. I but I believe that wholeheartedly for the most part. But here's the only exception. The only exception to that is it's a bunch of crap. You want to know why? Because we all judge. We all judge. Now, let me tell you the difference between judgments. We have loud judgers and we have silent judgers. Now, the loud judgers it is a little bit confusing because the loud judges, what they'll do is we don't have the loud judges in a lot of cases to where people are coming up on you and they're loudly judging you in a disrespectful way. That's not really what it is. Now, we do have some of those people out there just rude and they're just going to judge you just based on what they see, based on what they think, based on whatever whatever it is that they've come to know you as. They're going to judge you that way. We do have some of those people out there. So I don't want anyone to go out there in the world for my young listeners. I don't want anyone to go out there in the world and think that those people are just going to like spare you. They're not. But we have another case of loud judges that will basically judge you, but in a kind of comical type of way. With a little bit of personality attached to it. Like, they'll give you an example. They'll, let me give you an example. They'll just be like, well, I heard that you did this, that, and the third. But, you know, man, you know me, I don't. You know me, I just, I wanted to see for myself. And boom, 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 boom. But I heard this and that. that what, and, and they'll probably uh, throw a couple of hints out there. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Little hints or little hee-hees out there. Just to kind of, like, soft it down. Like, basically saying the series. Basically judging you in, like, a jokey type of way. But they actually mean it. They actually mean it. So you got some of those people out there as well. Now, let me tell you about the silent judges. I believe that the masses of the population, everyone is silent judges. And it, and, and it's not even and it's not even because we want to be. It's just the way that society has programmed us. It's just the way that society has programmed us. Like, I believe that everyone fits within either the silent judger the um the the um the loud judger as far as being rude or the loud judger as far as like um judging you with a little bit of personality attached to it you know what i mean i think that all people um sit between all three of those categories or whatever like that i'm more of the silent judger type to be honest with you i'm just being honest guy i just want to put it out there on front street i just i'm just being i want to put all my flaws out there on front street and everything like that because everyone fits in either one of three either of these three categories me i fit in the silent judge category like honestly and a lot of people may say well you need to come out you may wear your truth on your sleeve do this do that and the third but sometimes if you say what if you speak too forwardly in the way that it offends people guess what guess what they silence you like you, you, you so I, I understand why a lot of people may not come out and just forwardly just think certain things or whatever. Nobody thinks with a clean with a blank slate. To me. Nobody thinks with a blank slate. Like basically when you comes to when it comes to um judging someone, no one thinks with a blank slate. Like, oh like, oh, okay, you're just a person. Oh, okay, you're just a person. No, that's cool. That's cool. But I feel like in some type of way, and this could be true for the for the small like a, the one percent the one percenters or whatever, but I feel like in a major way, a lot, even those people still judge. They may not come out and tell you, but they're going to, but they're judging you in their mind now, but it's up to you to me. It's up to you to basically peel back the layers of their mind and basically say that they were wrong in a silent way. So, and, and the way that you can notice that, and here's how you notice that you got a silent judger because in the conversation, that's why I encourage a lot of like, 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 basically balance yourself between technology and, and, and humanity and stuff like that because you'll find out a lot more, a lot about people through conversation alone 
You don't really have to do much. Just entertain the conversation. Like, this is how you can tell if someone has silently judged you. Like, if you walk up on somebody and you just introduce yourself to somebody for um, for the first time or whatever, you've never seen that person or that person may have heard about you, this, that, and the third, boom, 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 and you introduce yourself, that person introduced themselves to you, whatever, however way you guys um, introduce yourselves to each other, uh, and that person is kind of a little standoffish in a way, meaning that they, they, they speak with short sentences. Like, they get, they have very straight-to-the-point answers. Boom, boom, boom. But... The way that the way that the, the clues to look for if uh, to see that this person is actually starting to change their mind as far as like um, um, being more open to you is the personality that starts to come out once you start talking to them about some of the things that they probably can relate to and stuff like that. That's when you see that that person first silently judged you. Now, that person may not be a people person at the same time, but a part of being an introvert and a part of not being a people person is because you actually judge people. And I can speak on this because I'm an introvert at heart, honestly. And it's not, I, didn't, I wasn't born an introvert. I wasn't born like wanting to be by myself. I wasn't born like being comfortable in my solitude. I, I was, I am this way because when I was younger, when I was a lot younger, I'm still very young, very much a young man. But when I was a lot, lot, lot younger, when I tried to associate myself with society and try to basically fit in to the status quo of what people may seem credible, like, I got pushed back each and every time. And that's when I started to notice certain things about myself that was different. And in the, in, the, in, the, in the earlier cases, I didn't know what I didn't. I wasn't able to identify. So I was like, you know what? You know what? Well, no, what I'm going to do is I'm uh, as I got to I'm going to be my own best friend in a lot of cases. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to find the brilliance within me that everybody keeps saying that this, that, 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 that everybody else that is not liking or whatever. So it must be something great about myself because everybody's not liking it. Nobody, and nobody's, and I, at times I questioned it. I'm not going to lie. At times I'm like, yo, what is it about me? Like, am I really that much of a nerd? Am I really that not likable? And I, am I really not that, that much of a people person? Like, I'm nice. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? I show, I show my salutations in the, in the proper way. Like, what, what's going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? What, why is it that I'm not basically like everyone else? But when I was getting, a, getting this from every crowd that I came into, that's when I really started to notice the gems within myself because nobody wanted to hang around your boy. So I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do. I'm going to just do me. And then I'm going to invite the crowd to me. But once I started to feel, realize that I was the prize in this situation and I didn't care about being judged anymore. And I just started judging myself and I just started finding the brilliance in myself. The crowd came to me. It's the same method that I teach to my son. I teach to my son. It's all the time. I told my son, I shoot it to my son straight. And a lot of for a large portion of his life, his young adolescent life. Uh, I sheltered him a little way, but I'm starting to come out of my shell a little bit more as he get older because he start to meet reality for the first time, like in a way, because he's introducing, he's getting introduced to a whole new world of people that he doesn't even know because he's getting older. So these people, he doesn't know he wasn't raised with them or nothing. So he's being introduced to them for the first time. So, but I'm starting to bring him out of his shell, basically telling him that, pardon me guys, basically telling him that he's not, he just has to. The, the people that he comes encounter with, if they don't really like him or whatever, like we do, I do an experiment on him at the park. Like I take, I take him to an unfamiliar park where nobody around him knows him. Nobody from his school, nobody, not take him all the way to the beach or to the other side of town or whatever, where nobody knows him. And I, I, and I, and I, um, and I, and I experiment on him. I say, you know what, you know what I want you to do, son? I want you to, I, I see a group of kids or whatever. Cause he always want to go out and play with other kids or whatever like that. I say, you know what? I want you, I see a, a group of kids that's having fun. And, and I tell him, I say, I want you to go over there and try to make born fun. Basically, that's a little slogan that I use in my household. I want you to go over there and make born fun. You know what I mean? And if he's too nervous or whatever like that, if he's too, no, now sometimes he's presumptuous and he'll go out and do it. But if he's too nervous, I say, you know what? Well, you sit right here and you make born fun by yourself. You figure like you have some fun. You do what you do, whatever it is that you need to do and everything like that. But basically, I want you to do it in a way to where they can actually see you over here making born fun with your own company. All right. If you got to use me to actually help you land friends, I'll, I'll be your friend in this moment. Like I'll, I'll, I'll help you like make born fun and bring and invite friends over to you or whatever like that. So therefore, you don't seem desperate. I'll do it in that. I'll do it in this moment. 
You know what I mean? And in the most cases, I we do do that. We do that a lot more than actually the people. But what it does is not only is it building his own confidence within his own self-esteem, but what it is, is it's inviting people over to him. It's breaking other people's schedule on things that they was already scheduled doing with the fun they was already having. And their, their eyeballs slowly start to gravitate to whatever it is that my son is doing. So basically, he's inviting friends by entertaining his own company. You know what I mean? So therefore, he 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 can he can actually become more of a better person. But I'm kind of like getting a little bit off topic here. So basically, what I'm trying to say in a nutshell about this whole judging and and and, and not going to be judged. It's a bunch of crap when people tell you that you're not going to be you're not going to um uh, you shouldn't judge the book by the cover because the truth is the reality of the thing is everybody judges. They're not, they're not they may not tell you now the the mass majority of the people that exist. It's not going to tell you that they're judging you in their head, but the way that you see, and it actually gives me, it actually builds into my character and who I am. I actually like it. I used to didn't like it when I was younger because I was trying to figure out who I am in society. But now that I know who I am for the most part, my, my core of who I am and my breaking point, what I know that part, now that I know that, I know that like, it, it doesn't matter. I, I kind of, I, I, I like the fact that people are judge, prejudging me in their head and whatever it is based on my background, based on the way that I look, how I appear to be. I like that because it gives me more. It gives me more enthusiasm to actually break that down, like crash that down and build my own monument on top of it. Uh, demolish whatever perception it is that you had of me in your head. So I could build my own so I could build my own um, monument with a clean slate. Like, I didn't know about what you had prejudged me with. I never knew about that. But due to the fact that I came with my own tools and everything like that, I you you basically destroyed your own image of that you had of me in your head because you took a liking to me because uh, because of what I present because I was the total I was the total antagonistic of everything that was already placed in your head based on things that I didn't know about. So what happened was while I was communicating with you, you starting to open up a lot more. So what that did was that demol- you demolished it layer by layer based on things that you knew about me that I didn't know that you knew about me. So and when you did that, by the fact that you became more open. And you, you start to feel guilty that the fact that you judge me. So what that does is the more that I talk, the more that we communicate, the more that we interact with each other. I'm building my monument layer, brick by brick, layer by layer into something that I wanted it to be. So that's what I like. So let's get so people in a nutshell. Let's get past all this. You shouldn't judge the book by the cover and all this other stuff. Yes, we should not do it. But the reality is we do do it. I'm sorry. We do do it. There's no other way for me to get around this. There's no other way than I have a famous slogan I'm going to leave you guys off with. We're going to judge the book by the cover. There's no way of getting around it. But I will give you the opportunity to tell me what's inside it. Basically is, if I judge you silently, loudly, whatever, in a playful way, in a whatever type of way, the reality is I judged you. So, but what I will do, due to the fact that I did judge you, I'm going to, get, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to demolish the image that I had of you in my head. Uh, basically, I'm going to allow you, depending on what type of person you are, because everybody doesn't deserve that opportunity. But depending on what type of person you are, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me what's inside your book for me to understand you more for what, where you came from, uh, the interaction between the interaction we have with each other, with communication, whether it's with experience, things that we came from, your background, my background, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I'm going to give you that opportunity because I prejudged you or whatever. If I take a liking to you. You know what I mean? Like if I want the relationship to build on top of what it is right now, like I'm going to allow you to explain what you are to me. I'm not just going to judge you and just keep walking and just build on top of the, the, the negative stereotypes and the negative things that I had of you in my head. I'm not going to allow you to do that if I take a liking to you, whatever it is like that. So let, everybody, let's just get past the point that everybody says that they're not going to judge you. Everybody, you shouldn't judge the book by the cover. Like everybody does it. Like look at your commercials. Look at everything. Like look at look at the world that we exist in. Like everybody is judging somebody. You know what I'm saying? We judge. If nobody judges, why do why do we feel the need to wear a, a suit and a tie when we go to an interview? Why? Because if you could wear what you want to wear, you wouldn't even wear a suit. You'll be you'll go in there in some joggers and, and then women are going there in some leggings or whatever it is like that that they feel comfortable in. You wouldn't even feel like you had to even put up your best foot forward. You would just be who you are. If people really want to be who you are, if, they, if, they, if, if the fine print said be who you really are, come as yourself. A lot of people would just come in the way that they want would normally dress at their house. But that's not the way that it works. You have to set a certain standard because everyone judges you. I'm sorry. 
Everyone is going to judge you. I'm sorry. Ain't no other way to get around this. But the only difference is people people give other people the opportunity to tell them what's inside their book. You know what I'm saying? That's the only difference. That's all. That's the only difference. Now, with that being said, I'm done. I'm rambling right now. So, guys, I just guys wanted you guys to understand the the fact that everybody judges, but just but it's it's, it's broken into di- um into different categories. You got silent judges, and you got loud judges, and you got the loud judges that that that, that judges you with the personality attached to it. And, and silent judges do that too. Sometimes they'll judge you silently in a, in a in a in a playful type of way with a little personality, so they don't feel like they offended you or whatever. But at the end of the day, they still judge you. So I want everybody to have that. In their mind and stuff like that not basically telling you to be more of an introvert and be more standoffish and cause more trouble and so i'm not saying all that that's not the message but what i'm saying is people judge you so take yourself a lot seriously because you are a walking billboard all right guys i'm gonna take a break right now you're gonna hear a word from my sponsor and when i come right back i got some more food for you be back with you momentarily Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. I'm yours truly, Mr. Paul Jahagany. And guess what? I got some more food for you. Welcome back to the table. Let's feast. Now, in this moment right now, I want to talk a little bit about the cons of parenting in a way. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about some of the little hiccups that I find along the road with my parenting style, things of that nature. So being raised into being the person that I am now, now that I have a son, which he's 11 years old, but now that I have a son, I find a lot of issues with telling him to do things that I would normally do myself. And here's the here's the reason why I find the issue with it. Now, I know that I'm supposed to make him have chores and make him have things around the house, be responsible, teach him how to be a young, responsible young man. And so so when he gets older, he can become a responsible adult or know how to maneuver throughout life and, and with his family that he may potentially have one day. You know what I mean? So, but the hiccups that I have with it is because I want my son to feel as comfortable as possible being his father like and i know a lot of people may be saying like what you're spoiling him but you're but you're not teaching that's not life that's not realistic that's not the way that the world works and here's my only challenge here's my only rebuttal to those thoughts if you're having those thoughts right now and although i agree with you trust me whole i agree with you and and some of these things i do implement in my son's life as far as having chores and stuff but my only rebuttal that i would have to those thoughts if you are having these silent thoughts is why why do why why do we have why do our children have to we we why do we feel compelled to have our children be um, older and responsible and do some of these chores and do some of these things that we can normally do ourselves why do we have to feel like we have to make them uh, learn teach them how to do this stuff why do you think everyone around the world has the same mentality about their children and uh, and I'm gonna give you guys an example I tell my son all the time that I that he that he's a king that 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 that, that he's the he's the next on the throne. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to I, I don't want to I I, I, dedica- I I basically relate my my relationship with my son to Mufasa and, and Simba. Mufasa and Simba before Mufasa died, obviously, but I relate that that their bond with me and my son's bond. Look at their bond and how their bond was before Mufasa was taken out of taken away from the earth in the cartoon it's so it's so realistic i relate that 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 scene that that part in the movie in the lion king so much to real life circumstances because that's i feel like as a parent whether you're a mother to your children whether you're a father to your children whatever it is like that on a consistent basis that's the relationship that we need to strive to have with our children open communication an open door policy when it comes to uh 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 communication from them with things that they're going to go through and they're going to be boneheaded they're going to go out and they're going to make mistakes they're going to do things their way they're not going to listen all the time you're going to have to yell at them and all this other stuff but the example that i have is do you think that the 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 prince overseas in london or somewhere i forgot that the prince prince so something something you you guys know who i'm talking about like i don't know their names or whatever like that but the, the, the the royalty overseas or whatever do you think they're bringing their children up the same way the the same way that we're bringing our children up and i'm not saying that we have to 
uh, compare ourselves to other people. That's not the point that I'm making. I'm just giving you guys an example. Like, do you think that the prince overseas is bringing up their children and the princess or whatever, bringing up their children the same way that we're bringing up ours? Do you think that I'm pretty sure they have some type of responsibilities or whatever like that, but it's totally different because they're from royalty. They're, they're already young kings and young queens or whatever like that. They got daughters. They got sons. They're already that already. They were born into royalty. Why do why can't we adapt the same philosophy when it comes to our children? Why why do why do we have to feel like we have to teach them certain responsibilities in order to be like the culture? Are we raising our children to be like the culture or to to be to 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 to, to make a culture? Like basically what I'm teaching my son is um, and he's going to do with it whatever he wants to do with it because that's his mind and that's whatever he that's whatever decision that he want to make. But what I'm teaching my son is to make grow older, to make a culture of people of, of your environment, not just with his own children that he's going to have in the future, but with the people that he wants to bring around his circle. Those are those are the people that's his culture. Those are part of his culture. Those are the part of the decisions that he want to make. You know the old saying, um, "You're like the five. You, you're like uh, um, your friends are a reality of all the decisions that you make. Whatever in the flesh, it's the same thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to the people that you hang around. When the, when it comes to the, the 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 people that the kids and the future children that you bring to this earth, it's the same thing. So why do we feel like we have to teach our? We're we're, we're forced to teach our children certain simplistic things to make them like the culture instead of them creating a culture for themselves to identify themselves with you know what i mean so i and i'm not saying that i don't like i said earlier i teach my son to be responsible my son has chores my son has things that he has to do he, he does laundry he washes dishes like he does all those those things those stereotypical things that we teach our children to do to be responsible young men and women we, he does those and I do those things and I implement those rules in, in, in his mind so he can know how to be responsible for himself. But why as parents do we feel like we have to do it? I'm just challenging that part of because I'm just challenging that part of our minds. Like why do we because it's a generational thing? Because we feel like like me, I don't beat my son. Like me, I don't beat my son is not bad enough for me to beat him. I get angry at him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I may give him a little smack across the head here and there. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I pinch him a little bit like what my grandma used to do to me like or I just give him a look like I don't even have to do that most of the time I just give him a, a death stare like I used to be like my mom used to give me my aunt used to give me my my grandmother used to give me and all this other stuff like that like I give him a death stare and by me giving him that death stare he automatically knows what that means he knows whether I'm playing my, my son knows how to differentiate my my personality traits Man, you can only get that through experience. You can only get that with them being around you and them adapting to what your personality traits are. So, so most of the time, I just give him a death stare. I don't even give. I don't even have to feel like I have to smack him across his head or yell at him or whatever like that. I could just stare at him like in a mad way, like like I just look at. I don't even have to crinkle my face a little bit. I don't even have to wrinkle it. I could just look at him without saying nothing. I just look at him. And he'll just get right together sometimes. Now, sometimes that doesn't work. And I may have to yell at him, use my voice and smack him across his head or whatever. But I don't beat him. You know what I mean? Because I felt like I wanted to break the generational curse when it came to feeling like I have to beat my son in order to 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 get some reaction out of him. I don't feel like I have to do that. And I feel like you it's, it's certain is every child is different. Right. Every child is different. So these are the mannerisms that my son present to me that I feel like I have a rebuttal for with some of the things that I do because of his personality and stuff. But I'm getting a little bit off topic. Mainly the topic on what, on, on what I'm trying to get the audience of the people to understand who's listening to this right now is why do we feel like we have to teach them the simplistic things to be like the culture instead of raising our children to create a culture of people, of, of people that may like them and, com- and, and conform to what they have to do or whatever like that and things and the, and the way that they stand out and stuff like that. Like, why do we feel like we have to to, 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 to be like, raise them to be like everybody else instead of them creating the culture of who they want to be. Do you think the, the princes and the queens overseas somewhere who we idolize, who we see on every magazine cover, um, do you think they're teaching their kids the same thing? And like, I, like I said before, I don't like comparing. I don't like comparing um, um, when it comes to other people because I feel like 
Uh, I feel like I'm myself and I have my own rules and I feel like I teach my son this and I teach like whoever I'm around this and my family this and I feel like that's my thing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not looking for any opinions when it comes to that. But at the same time, we are sponges of reality that we live around. So what, as much as I want to implement all the rules and everything and all the rules that I have in my mind to my son, I know that he's being influenced by other people also. So I have to I have to wait into account when it comes to my decision making and, and, and rely on some of his communication when it comes to him talking to me about certain things. But at the same time, I want my rules and things of that nature to outrule everything else that he's a sponge of with his experience. I wanted to outrule it because I have my tactics and he's around me the most. He spends the most time with me the most. In a lot of scenarios, a lot of our children spends a lot more time with society than they spend more time with us. And I know that I know there's exceptions to the rules because we have jobs and we have and we have um, responsibilities that we have to do. We have to live for ourselves and we lose ourselves a lot because um, before we even have children, we, 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 we're on a wild goose chase when it comes to finding out who we are as a person. And we never really know who that person is because we're always busy doing things and we're trying to get the acceptance of society, make a little money. We create families while trying to make these decisions and stuff like that. So we're like on a wild. So we never really find out who we are. And now we don't brought other people into this earth, our children into this earth. And then now it's like you're asking us to make time a lot of time a lot of time that we possibly don't have time for to get to know our children and stuff like that so i understand how it could be hard but at the same time i feel like we shouldn't be so compelled to to raise our children to be like society and and raise our children to create the culture to create a culture you know what i mean like to to to, to stand out from the culture what's wrong with standing out what's wrong with standing out what's wrong with of uh, your child being different from everyone else. What's wrong with your child or your children completing, the, I mean, uh, creating their own culture so uh, everyone else can want to be like them? You know what I mean? Why do we feel like we are forced to create rules? To, 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 to I mean, not, not create rules, but uh, follow the rules with rules that's already in place. I, and I think I already know the answers to some of these questions, but at the same time, I feel like as parents, we need to basically separate, not, not saying separate as far as like being, allow our, kid, our children to be introverts, but separate as far as like what we teach them and don't have to follow the script all the time. So do you know the best roles from the, our favorite movies, from our favorite movies, like everything that we have probably was raised on, uh, the, the best, uh, the best movies that we probably, that probably raised us in our adolescence and stuff, the best roles and the best movies. And the best scenes that we see in those movies wasn't a part of the script. And how you can compare that is looking at the deleted scenes in the bloopers. Like a lot of times you'll look at the deleted scenes and you may say, I'm glad that wasn't a part of the movie. Like <laughs> That probably wouldn't have went a little bit further off the script than what I'm used to. That probably wouldn't have went with that. Like, you know what I mean? I like it as a deleted scene, but not as a but not as a, a, a actual scene that was a part of the movie. I'm glad they kept it a part of from the movie or whatever like that. So what you've come to love and what you've come to know about your favorite movies and things of that nature wasn't even a part of the script. Sometimes they um, directors and, 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 and producers and stuff, they'll allow the actor or the actress to come on the set and allow them to freestyle with whatever it is. They, 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 maybe the actor... It's just not doesn't like the script that was written and the actor and the producer or the director of the movie may say, you know what? Let me see what you got. That's why there's audition tapes and stuff like that, because I, I not only think that there's an audition tape and, and an actor or an actress has to um, act out in front of the uh, director of the movie or whatever, just because they want them to play a part. I think that the director is actually looking for other things that they can probably um, use them for just in case. Um, the script doesn't go according to plan. So they may look for other areas inside the person's mind to actually, of what they can actually use to see how much potential that they have. So sometimes they'll set a scene to where it's like, you know what? I just want you to freestyle. Just do something. Just do whatever it is. I'm going to give you the foundation, but freestyle. Don't worry about no lines or nothing. Just improv it. Do whatever it is that you do. I just want to see this. I want to see your range. I want to see how far you can take it or whatever. Just in case 
I tell you, just in case the scene is not the way that I want it to be and there's weather conditions or something like that and we got to move, there's a time lapse or something, I want to see how you are able to be a chameleon in this moment. How can you do that? You know what I mean? That's what I feel like some directors do to certain people that, and, and that leads the actor to go off the script. So why are we teaching our children to follow the script when in the most cases, the things that's created that we come to love and that we come to enjoy is off script. It's things that wasn't supposed to be here, but we come to love it because of, 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 the, of their decision making. And they, and they was rebellious in the way to where they felt like they didn't want to listen to a, to a point to where it created history. They made history and they created their own lane for other people to follow behind because it was something that they felt that they didn't want to feel conformed to something. So guys, like, I know I don't went way off topic. I know I don't went way off topic, 100%. But what I'm trying to get you guys to understand is parents, we're all parents. A lot of us are parents out here who may be listening to this podcast or it may be some young individuals that may be listening to this that may can go back and tell your parents this, this part if you listen to my podcast consistently. Like, but I feel like, why do we feel as parents to, to feel forced to teach our children some of the things just to fit the status quo instead of them becoming the status quo? Instead of becoming the status quo, we teach them to be a part of the status quo. And I understand, like, we got to be different. You got to be, you, you don't want your children to get bullied. And, and trust me, I understand that. That's another conversation for another day. But at the same time, I feel like we need to still a lot more love in them to where they feel like they're, rebe- they, they, they not rebellious, but we feel like they're free to do what they want. They, they, all, they, they got a blank slate. They got a clean slate to, to put on top of it, whatever. They got a blank canvas to make what type, whatever art that they want to make. Of course, the foundation is the slate. And that's what you bring them to the table. You bring the slate to the table. You bring the canvas to the table to, for them to see that, that it's a blank canvas. But you allow your children to put the art on top of the canvas so now it becomes theirs. And then you allowing them to be a leader within the culture that no one was the, of, of no one that was there before. So now that allows other people to do the same thing, not be like them, but be themselves in a way to where they feel like they can invite their own audience. So I feel like we are putting, we're, we're putting these expectations on our children for them not to live them true se- their true selves. I feel like we have to make it a lot more easier for them. Not And, 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 if, this is the, and if this is the message that you're getting, as far as like your kids being lazy bums, and not doing nothing, not contributing to nothing around the household, that is totally not what I'm saying. That's totally not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to allow you guys a different perspective to think of it in a different way. I'm not trying to say that you, your children need to be lazy around the house and not do nothing and, and, and not contribute in no type of way. And just because you feel like you can do it, you shouldn't allow your child to do it. That's not the message that I'm sending right now. But what I am saying is, why do we feel like we have to let allow our children to do these things, these chores, these all this other stuff like that, just for them to become responsible? How do we know that that may make them be responsible young men and women? How do we know that? We don't know that until we see the finished product when they become old uh, adults and they start making decisions on their own without your help. That's when we know if everything, if anything that we taught them is going to come to fruition. That's when we know. But other than that, we don't know what like we're we're we're. We're, we're building something and we don't know what we're building in a way. We're building something that we don't be. We're being we're construction workers that don't know what we're building in a lot of cases. And that's not even a bad thing in the sort. But we don't really know. So by us not knowing what we're building, we, we think we know what we're building. But by us not knowing what we're building, we should allow them to be a little bit more free with their decision making. And we shouldn't feel like we should feel forced to teach them this because society says, teach them this. What do you think as a mother or as a father? What do you think as a grandmother or a grandfather? What do you think as a guardian? What do you think? And I'm going to leave it at that. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, I got some more food for you. Thank you.
Hello guys, welcome back to another segment of what I like to call Time for a Serious Joke. Now, this week's serious joke is called, Are you a grown ass man or are you a growing ass man? (laughs) Are you a growing ass man or are you a growing ass man? Now listen, here's the difference. Now, in a lot of cases, a growing ass man is not nothing bad because uh, as men in this world, we come to find out a lot of places in our life we have to consistently grow into. We have to uh, be more of a man in different areas of our life that helps us become more of a man. You know what I mean? But in this case, in the serious joke segment of being a a growing ass man, it's nothing but jokes. So it's nothing but bullshit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I focus on nothing but the jokes. I ain't doing nothing but in this purpose, but trying to make you laugh. Now, here's here's how I came up with this topic, right? I I, I watched one of my favorite movies of all time the other day. One of my favorite movies, and that's Baby Boy, right? That's Baby Boy. Now, I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening, with the exception of my young listeners, if you are a young listener, I advise you not to listen to this, but oh well, you, oh well, here we go. <laughs> okay, it's a scene in Baby Boy, right, to where uh, Tyrese, uh, Jody is the character, Tyrese is fighting Ving Rhames, which is the 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 the, 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 the step sugar daddy. <laughs> in the scene or whatever like that he's fighting him or whatever like that he per, he provoked ving rames or whatever to to, to to get his ass knocked the fuck out <laughs> ving rames to knock tyrese the fuck out so the whole time in the whole movie you see tyrese being a growing ass man you don't see him being a grown now he identifies himself being a grown man but <laughs> but on, when, when you stand out when you look at the picture from the outside in He's a growing ass man. You know what I'm saying? His mother identified him as a growing ass man. So he provoked Ving Rhames and Ving Rhames knocked his ass the fuck out. <laughs> through the glass, through the everything. The scene was set up so damn perfect or whatever. It's almost like I was a I, I was one of the motherfuckers that was actually watching the scene present itself right in front of my eyes. So in that moment, like when, when, when after the scene was over, this is the part that I found out funny. This is the funniest part of that whole scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was intense. It was emotional and all other shit. But I couldn't think of nothing but the damn jokes when I seen the scene. So, but at the end of that scene, when the scene had hit its period, right? Tyrese was walking out of the, um, was about to walk out of the house. And he was told his mama, his mama was crying and shit. Ving Rains was sitting next to his mom and shit like that. He was saying like, <laughs> I guess you got what you wanted. <laughs> I guess you got what you wanted now. I'm out the house. He said, you got to be a man. <laughs> and he said, I am now. And then he said, don't fucking start calling me when this nigga start beating your ass. <laughs> and here's the funny shit that I found out about this. I'm thinking in my mind, why in the fuck would your mama call you? Well, she just seen your ass get knocked out in front of her. <laughs> Nigga, that's a lot of potential you got to grow into, motherfucker. <laughs> I just seen your ass get knocked out in front of me. So why the fuck would I call you? You the last motherfucker I need to be calling in this moment right now. I'm trying to tell you, dog. <laughs> I found that so funny, bro, because Tyrese in the movie, he thought that he was the shit, man. He felt like he could do everything. Anything he wanted to do, he had his baby mama's going crazy. He had all he was doing all this other shit right now. Now he felt like he was the man and the man. He was living in two different houses, baby mama house, his mama house. He felt like he was the shit. And, and, he, and he tried Ving Rains because the point that he felt like he was so much of a grown man. And then in that moment when Ving Rains knocked his ass through the glass, he found out that he was a growing ass man. <laughs> nigga, you still got a lot of potential you got to grow into, nigga. <laughs> so, guys, the whole synapses of, 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 of the whole nutshell of what I'm trying to get you guys to understand. If you a man out there that, that feel like you, you, you narcissistic and you, you feel like nothing, you, nothing can affect you and shit like that. And you feel like you a grown man? Don't be, don't be Tyrese in the movie Baby Boy. And then uh, you let reality slap your ass in the face, and then you find out in that moment that you're not a grown ass man. You're a growing ass man. All right, guys. <laughs> that was the serious joke of the week, guys. I'm gonna take a break, and then when I come back, I got some more food for you. Stay tuned, guys. Hello, guys. Welcome to the poetry portion of the podcast. I like to call. Cafe Skeleton, where poets voice skeletons in a microphone that was taking up too much space in their closet. Here, for the poetry break this week, I have a poem by 
no other than yours truly, Mr. Paul Jahogany. And it's called The Forbidden. And if you guys, I'm going to give you a snippet of it this week. And if you guys want to hear it in its entirety, scroll over to my YouTube page, Poet Jahogany. Actually, it's, it's up as Jahogany. So if you're looking for this poem in particular, if you want to hear the whole thing in its entirety, along with the video, just type in Jahogany and you will see The Forbidden up there. So without further ado, it's time for the snippet, everybody. The Forbidden Sensation. The hurt so good from desirable pain, my blood rushes to that spot. The pain reminds me of a void I'm trying to fill from a feeling I never got. Every day, she wakes up next to the wrong man and the feeling aches inside because it's not me. I want to give her all the love that she desires in one lifetime, but can't because she don't belong to me. Okay, guys, if you like what you just heard, I repeat to you once again. Scroll over to my YouTube page and type in Jahogany, not Poet Jahogany, Jahogany on my YouTube and type in The Forbidden and you'll see the video up and I hope you guys enjoy. Now, it's time for the dessert topping of the day. Hello guys, welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought Podcast. I am yours truly, Mr. Poet Jahogany and guess what? I got some more food for you. Welcome back to the table. Let's feast. Now, you know I couldn't let you guys leave without the dessert topping of the day. Now, dessert topping, not a, now the dessert topping of the week. Sorry, getting a little tongue tied. Dessert topping of the week is. I always used to. Uh, I had to. I had. To, I found out just recently that I have to reposition my dreams. I got to go back and ask God some of the things like to give me clarity on some of the dreams that I had as a little boy like because some of these dreams that I had as a little boy I still have to this day and the only reason why I have to go back and reposition my dreams and repray for some of the things that I may want now with clarity and foresight is because I've always dreamed as a little boy to buy my mother the house on the hill like I, I grew up watching my mother struggle here and there between her own personal demons and and just basically being a mother to us you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I grew up watching all this stuff and me being a, her only boy in the household with me and my sisters or whatever, being the man of the house in a lot of cases. Um, I've always strived, like, when I get big, I'm going to get my mother that house on the hill. And she used to always make jokes around the house and stuff saying, like, oh, you going to buy you gonna buy your mama the house on the hill? Like, you know, she'll probably say this. To, she'll probably say that still to this day and stuff like that, like, just to, just to joke around and stuff like that. But it was something that I was, and I would joke back and forth with her, but it was something that I always had in the back of my mind, like, Mom, you joking, but I'm dead serious. Like, you know, I really want to get you that house on the hill. And I kind of find out the only reason why I have to reposition my dreams and I have to go back and ask God for clarity for the things that I, I originally asked for and, and reposition them and stuff like that is because I have a hardworking mother, right? And once my mother had got clarity over a lot of the things that she was struggling with as I was growing up for probably like 20 plus years of her life battling her demons, um, she done worked herself to a point to where she provided her own house on the hill. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm not born with a civil. If you've been listening to my podcast from episode one to now, you know that I'm not a silver spoon child. And it's not that not no diss to to kids that are silver spoons, like has a like has everything, whatever, like they got a lot of money and stuff like that, got the trust funds and stuff. It's no because I, I strive to get my son that. But no diss to you, you guys. But me personally, I wasn't born that way. I was born from a hard working background, like women who who actually did things to uh, to to the best of their ability uh, didn't have much uh made something out of nothing i was born from those circumstances i was raised around women who who did those things my mother being one of them so um so my mother has worked herself up to the point to where she bought herself her own house on the hill she got herself her own cars in the yard you know what i mean and it, and it made me quite envious because when i seen it and she may not know this to this day, but um, I, I know when she listens to this, she's going to give me a call. <laughs> Listen to this portion of the podcast. She's going to give me a call. She's like, I never knew you felt that way, but I'm going to say it on this podcast uh, just for everybody to hear. Uh, I was quite envious of my mother when she did that, and I was a little bit upset, but in a good way, though. I was a little upset because I always wanted to be the person to give this to her. 
I always wanted to be the person to say, you, my mother, here goes your house keys. You know what, like what the NFL players and the NBA players do? The first thing they do for their mom, like pretty much when they get their first check, is they go buy their mother a house and um and then they'll get get them a car or something. Put, put their little siblings through college or something like that. You know, you know the the, the 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 dream stuff. The dream stuff. I always, ever since I was little, I always had that dream to uh, to to buy my mother her uh, the house on the hill and 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 and, and arrive at, and arrive at um, the, arrive wherever she is and um and give her her keys and 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 basically surprise her and stuff like that and and it just made me a little bit jealous when i found when my mother first because she was so excited when she got her house and stuff like that and i was happy for her i'm not gonna lie to you guys i was genuinely happy for my mother because she don't came a long way and i and, and you guys will probably get the gist of it in the future once i get her permission to tell her part of her story and stuff like that you got you probably get the gist of what i'm actually talking about when you find when you come to find out what my mother has actually been through like she's been battling demons her whole life and and once i get that con- confirmation to tell her part of the story you guys will know about it or you may just find out about it in a future book because <laughs> your boy's working on that as well so you may find out find out more about my mother's life story and my life story and things like that. and i'm pretty much an open book and if you've been listening to me from episode one to now episode number 12 you pretty much know about a lot about my life but there's a lot that i haven't told you guys because i'm saving it for my book so you guys <laughs> i gotta lead you on the journey so guys but my mother's very resilient and she's rebellious and it's quite kind of where i get a lot of my work ethic from like when it comes to them my endeavors and things that i do with raising my child and 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 my son and 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 myself and still teaching myself i i i go to I go to the people who taught me well, you know, and she's one of them. She's definitely one of the main puzzle pieces that makes the puzzle complete. So when she did this for herself, I'm like, man, mom, I wanted to help you with this. I wanted to be the person to 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 give you this. But she gave it to herself. So my so me with me repositioning my dreams with me um, going back to God and asking him to 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 give me clarity over this situation. This is basically what I asked him for. I say. I just want now that I will never be able to give that that part to her. Now that I understand that I, I, that part has been taken from me and actually it's been taken from me by her to the point to where it's like I don't really have to um I don't really have to give that to her. Like she gave that to herself. So therefore, it's nothing that I can take away from her. And that's another thing. Like I like the fact that and in a way the only reason why I was jealous is because I wanted to give it to her, but I never thought about the fact that this something that if I gave it to her, it's possibly something that I could have took away from her. And I didn't understand that. And I think she told me that in a way or whatever like that. She didn't say that directly, but I know it's something that I possibly could have took away from her. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think it, it made her feel good that she actually got it for herself. It's in her name. It's her responsibility to keep it and stuff like that. Of course, I can help her along the process with things that she needs towards the house and and, and and help her with. She's throwing a big Thanksgiving dinner um, um, this next week or whatever. And I'm going down there for it. I'm going down because she lives in Georgia. I'm going down there for that. But um, but it's, 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 it's other ways that I know that I can help her. But the grand prize, I wanted to be able to provide that for. Her. But also, it's something that I can never take it from her. I can never take that from her. And she and she has a lot of pride in, in, in knowing that she provided that for herself, knowing that nobody else can take that away from her. Not her husband, not her, um, not, not me, not my other siblings. Nobody can take that away from her. Only person that could take that away from her is her. And she don't worry. She's so resilient to the point to where it almost made me it what it motivates me but it made me jealous that i wasn't able to get it for but but guys like honestly i just had to reposition my dreams and basically tell god that at least at least my new dream now for my mother is to pay off her debt pay off everything that she possibly owe on a house on the cars or whatever whatever car she has or whatever it is that she has struggling with is to help her pay off that so she can actually enjoy it so she can actually enjoy it because it's still a responsibility. It's still a liability in a way because you still got to pay off the mortgage and, and stuff like that. So my new dream now along the way is to pay off her debt. Like that's the least I could do. That's the least I could do. So that's why I'm grinding so hard. That's why I'm doing what I need to do now. That's why I'm done. not only for myself and my son, but for my mother and people that I care about and stuff like that. So my new dream now, me, I had to go back 
I had to go. I had to get back on my knees and I had to pray God, pray to God and say, you know what? Just give me, uh, just give me everything that I need to pay off her debt, pay off my, pay off her debt, like everything, so she can enjoy what she worked hard for. I don't want nothing. I don't want it to be taken away from her due to her own circumstances. Just allow me to do, be that blessing, to to, to pay off my mother's debt. Since I couldn't get her the house on the hill like I've always dreamed to do. And the message in this story and my little part of it, my insecurity or whatever like that, that I wasn't able to do for my mother is basically sometimes as, as humans, as we get older, our dreams don't stay the same because the especially if we got people that's a part of our dreams if we want to do things for people our loved ones and people that we actually care about sometimes our dream don't stay the same and and sometimes we may not tell these individuals our dream so guess what they may not know um what what to be a part of that was our dream they may not know what to be a part of and we also have to understand that they have a life too and things are going to change and and that's exactly what happened in my case uh, my dream never stayed the same my mother was never in that, that that broken situation to where i had to feel compelled to get that for her and struggle to get that for her she actually got that for herself but what i can do now is i can actually pray to take um to take the, take away the debt so she could actually enjoy it the way that i intend for her to you know what i mean so so even though i wasn't able to get her in the house on the hill like i've always dreamed to get i'm able to get her i'm able to pray to 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 eliminate her debt so she can actually enjoy her house on the hill now so and of course she can afford it and everything like that i'm not saying she can't afford it so because i'm pretty sure she wouldn't have bought it if she couldn't afford it you know what i mean but at the same time it would make me feel comfortable that I paid off that debt for her so she could actually really enjoy it like so like like someone supposed to who worked hard for every for everything that they have who could who could really enjoy it, kick her feet up whenever she wants to and relax. You know what I mean? So that's my new dream to pay off my mother's debt. So guys, so I just the message of the, the, the dessert topping of the week is sometimes you have to reposition your dreams. Sometimes you might gotta get back on your knees and you gotta pray that um it ain't because your dream may not stay the same, your dream may be different along the way as you get older and stuff like that and and it may be taking a little longer for you to actually get access to your dream because god may be testing you still so and i'm not trying to get super religious with everybody out there but at the same time i just want to let people know that sometimes your dreams don't stay the same sometimes you got to go back and you got to ask god because some in this life sometimes things things change over time and you got to go back you got to go back and you got to ask god you know what since that whatever it was changed I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you just to give me clarity over that and me, and me be able to be still be of service to whatever it is that I prayed for. You know, I'm still I just still want to be of service to that. So that's exactly what the case is for me. And um, hopefully whatever it is for you guys. So I just want to let you guys know that sometimes you have to reposition your dream and you have to let people you have to let God know just new things along the way so you can still be of service to whatever whoever it is or whatever it is that you initially prayed for so guys with that being said that's the dessert topping of the week i hope you guys had um hope you guys are full at the, uh, at the table this week i appreciate you guys for visiting me once again this is episode number 12 and it's now in the books and you guys know how i close out the show each and every week you guys ready let's go if you ever hear your stomach growl because you're hungry and you're looking for somewhere to put some food in your stomach, make a pit stop here at the Last Feast Food for Thought Podcast because I got some more food for you. And that includes leftovers. Don't forget to leave a tip. And there's your dessert. Ah! <laughs> Thank you guys so much, guys. I'll see you guys again next week. Peace. Love you guys. Look out for that book in the future, though. Look out for that book. I'm not telling you yet, but look out for that book in the future. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs>